This is Total Retail Tech Insights. The content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail, and I am joined on today's show by Carlos Dunlap-Beard, who is the Vice President of Business Development and Loyalty Solutions at Claris Commerce. Carlos and I are going to be discussing premium loyalty programs and specifically acquisition and retention of premium loyalty program members. So thanks for joining me on today's program, Carlos. Hey, Joe. Uh, so good to be here. I appreciate you having me for sure. Uh, hopefully we can make it uh, entertaining and, uh, and, and meaningful to uh, those who, who are listening. So great. So to get us started, Carlos, tell us a little bit about um, Claris Commerce um, to start and then uh, kind of secondary. Tell us a little bit about your role with the company. Okay. Uh, Well, Claris is uh, the only company that's focused on building premium loyalty programs for retailers. And by premium loyalty, we're talking about paid loyalty, um, where members pay a fee to uh, to be a member of a brand's program in order to get better benefits, uh, more valuable benefits, better experiences in order to be closer to the brand. It's just a different kind of relationship. Um, And it also, uh, our approach is not just delivering better value, but uh, making it so that the program delivers positive revenues for the brand from day one, as opposed to having the brand having to invest in a platform and in program management, project management, and everything else, uh, and then hope that they get enough members in the program that maybe they break even with the program in a year and a half or two years. So just a different approach to driving customer loyalty and engagement uh, that seems to be resonating with the marketplace. Um, as far as me, um, I've been in loyalty marketing since since 99, so I'm kind of long in the tooth <laughs> here, true. but yeah, you know, customer loyalty, customer engagement, customer experience is is all I've done over the past 22 years, and uh, it's my passion. If I'm not actively talking to a brand about um, how to how to get them from where they are to where they want to be in terms of customer loyalty, then I'm writing a paper. I'm, you know, I'm um, helping the sales guy sell something into. To something I'm, I'm working with existing clients to uh, enhance and, and evolve their 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 current strategy. It's just it's what I do. Besides yeah. golfing and drinking bourbon, that's what <laughs> I do. and a real subject matter expert, as you said, working in this field since '99. Um, so you you really have the experience and the knowledge to to speak to this topic. So to kind of get into it a little bit more. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you addressed kind of how the, you know, the value of a premium loyalty program um, and premium loyalty member acquisition and retention um, tends to be, or at least in the past has been more difficult um, for retailers than free loyalty, as you would expect, you know, you're asking them to pay some, some sort of fee to be a member, but in the, in the long run, those premium loyalty program uh, members are, are more loyal. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, your experience and what makes premium loyalty members so valuable to retailers. Yeah, um, it's kind of a, a, it's a, it's a multitude of things. It's one, it's, it's premium loyalty, just like it's not for every brand, it, it's not for every customer either. Um, I mean, customers have to see a, that they can get a value uh, for, for paying for a, a different 
kind of experience. They have to see that it's going to be worth it. I mean, they start to do kind of like mental math in a sense to determine if, if I'm going to pay a fee for this program, will I get my money's worth out of this thing? And, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, going to a buffet. You're not going to pay $25, $30 for a buffet if you think you're going to eat one plate. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, if you're going in, you're going big and, uh, and you got to see that it's worth it. So, um, so that's, that's one thing. So it's probably for the top, you know, anywhere between the top five to 20% of a brand's customers. Um, those who come back more often buy more things and, and, and usually those who, who have the ability to do even more than, than they're, they're currently doing. So that's, um, that's, that's one element of it. The, the other is when a, a consumer joins a, a premium program, they have expectations now. You know, you, you've probably experienced it too, Joe, where, you know, a family or friend will ask you for some advice around marketing or maybe around podcasting or around, you know, anything having to do with, with other specialties and disciplines you have, and you give them that advice, they usually don't listen to it. They don't follow it. Yep. You know, but if you charge them a fee or more likely they'll go to someone else who will charge them a fee, who'll tell them exactly what you told them, but then they will follow that advice because they paid for it. Um, and it's, it's the same thing. So someone paying for a membership to a, a brand's program is going to expect more out of it and they're going to participate on a different level. Now, it's not to say that once someone joins a program, they stay forever, joins a premium program to be. They, they stay forever because that, that would be that would be disingenuous for me to even uh, insinuate that because well, sometimes once they get in, they figure, oh, I thought I would shop with this brand, you know, once a month or six times a year. But, you know, instead, I'm only shopping like twice a year and plus these other benefits. And maybe I'm close to break even, but maybe not enough to to make make it worth staying. Yeah. In. And, and consumers have to make decisions that are right for them. And, and they're looking for value too, right? They, you know, to your point that, you know, they're invested in it. They've got some skin in the game if they're paying a fee to be a part of it. They want to make sure that they're getting their money's worth. Um, and that's where kind of identifying the right customers to your first point, like it's probably your top 20 to 30% of your customers are the ones that are going to be potential candidates for a, a loyalty, a, a premium loyalty program. Absolutely. Yeah. That is definitely that top, that top quarter you know, maybe even the top um, quintile of, of customers who are who are uh, the best targets for this. And again, if they, they find that they're that it's not working, they do something different, you know, but that's why I, I think we in our experience, I mean, we've been at this since 2001. So 20 years um, that we we found it that it's to to um, to do it effectively. You almost you kind of have to compound the benefits you have to. You have to have multiple layers of benefits that make it kind of a, like a no-brainer. That make it that make it so that even if sometimes it, it, maybe they they aren't shopping at the host brand um, as often as they thought they might, uh, but they see other value because they can um, shop at a marketplace that has a thousand other uh, retail brands in it that they can shop with online or in store and get some kind of benefit from, or, or they can book travel uh, and, and, and get uh, some cash back or so that is a, a benefit that more than compensates for mm -hmm. the fee. Or 
um, which is a real big pain point for a lot of consumers, they get free shipping on everything. And so you start putting all these different uh, types of benefits together into a, a more of a um, bigger value proposition, uh, then consumers say, okay, now this is making a whole lot of sense to me. There's no way I can't get more than my money's worth out of this thing. And, and that's, that's what we found to be, to be successful. And you talked a little bit, Carlos, about kind of the momentum moving towards more loyal, uh, more premium loyalty programs. Uh, the free models existed for, for so long now. Uh, do the two have to be, in your eyes, uh, mutually exclusive, or do you feel like there's a good amount of crossover that can exist? And, and especially with those, you know, top, you know, 20, 15% of your customers that you think are your best targets for your premium loyalty programs. Are they potentially in both a free model and also part of the premium program? And that, how does that coexist? Yeah, so I want to be clear. We, we think, and data has shown by the number of brands who've taken up our premium programs of late, um, you know, there are a lot who, who, who have existing strategies out there, whether it be RAI or Barnes & Noble or GameStop and, and others. And there are those who have recently launched uh, full-fledged uh, premium programs like Walmart Plus last fall, uh, who opened a lot of eyes. And then there are those who have pilots in place right now, such as Urban Outfitters and Lululemon and uh, Best Buy. So there, you know, this isn't, you know, just isn't a fad. This isn't going away. Um, what that, what they're, all these brands are realizing is, well, first of all, all these brands have kind of a passionate kind of customer base. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. Yeah, and yeah. also uh, a means or a product and service set that that leads to multiple transactions within a given year. All right. So there's that. And plus all these auxiliary kind of services or products or whatever else that make them appealing across, you know, a broad, broad spectrum of, of consumers. But, um, you know, but they're, they're all trying to figure it out because they've, they've realized is that customers and consumers in general are willing to pay for a better experience. Um, you know, and, and not only that, that once they're in these programs, the thing about traditional loyalty, so traditional loyalty programs, um, traditional, and I say traditional, I think about, again, remember how old I am, uh, is <laughs> all about, you know, a free points-based program, and then it became a free points-based program with tiers and levels, and then it became, you know, you add in some experiences and other things, but still there's only so much those programs can do because they do cost the brand a lot of money to implement them. And there is always that balance between how much are we giving away in terms of value proposition versus our returns. And those returns are usually incremental in terms of single digits, yeah. you know, single digit uh, increase in, in top line revenue or, or spend or frequency, or, you know, if, if we get the average member that does two trips a year, we can get them to 2.2 trips, 2.5 trips a year or something like that, right? Shopping trips. So uh, what, what we see in terms of premium loyalty is that the, the numbers are kind of 4X, you know, uh, traditional loyalty program in terms of uh, what members are, are doing. Now consider though, you're, you're dealing with a smaller set of customers, but you're dealing, you know, just throughout the old 80-20 adage, that smaller set represents a greater 
percentage uh, of, of spend. So to be able to move them to from two trips a year to now three trips a year, three and a half, because the, the incrementality is larger and to um, make their spend instead of taking their spend, their average spend up 10 percent in the average order value, it goes up to, you know, 50 percent increase in average order value. You're, you're talking about big numbers. And that's, yeah. that's what our, our clients have, have realized um, that they, the one, the ability to, to help fund the program rewards um, and benefits and the, the program platform and operations, all those things, as well as, um, you know, so that takes a lot of, a lot off of them from a budgetary perspective. Uh, but two, the, the numbers and the results they see in terms of incremental spend, top line revenue growth, um, GMV is, is so significant that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and as you've clearly kind of painted the picture here, the economics of it, just, it just makes sense um, to what you've talked about, kind of funding yeah. the program itself, but also that custom, that average order value and that, that that CLV, that customer lifetime value, as well. Uh, so yeah, so it just it just makes sense to what you're saying. Um, yeah. Joe, so what, I, Joe, before you ask your next question, it, it does occur to me that I didn't answer your question. So to go back to the free portion of it, yeah, free programs are valuable. I want to be very clear about that. They are valuable uh, in terms of, especially in terms of their ability to collect data on a on a more massive scale um, across the customer base. Uh, and that's one thing. And two, it does, as I mentioned before, drive some incrementality um, that eventually in a year and a half, two years offsets the investment needed to bring it to market. So there's there's that. Uh, and it does start to nurture a relationship with consumers. So my my thought or I guess Clarice's point of view around all of it is that a combination of of, of paid and free in terms of your overall loyalty strategy that allows consumers to determine the type of relationship that they want to have with the brand, uh, that even if they decide they don't want to continue to pay for enhanced benefits and value, they still can stay in the free program. Uh, and then if they're in a the free program and they want a better experience, then they're willing to pay for it, as we've seen with all the subscription services and streaming services and everything else. Consumers want to pay for what they want when they want it. Um, that it is um, that it, it is a beautiful thing, and it also keeps all of those customers, all of those program members within the brand's ecosystem, uh, their loyalty ecosystem, and and they don't they don't lose them. So I think yeah. that that's that's really important. I think that that that's why free and pay uh, can work so well together. Yeah, and that flexibility that you mentioned that the customers are looking for that, um, and then the, that option, those those dual options, um, provide some value to the customer, and they're appealing to the customer. Uh, so, which leads me into let's talk about that customer for a second in terms okay. of the acquisition of them for mm -hmm. and specific to premium loyalty. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the things. It's obviously not to your point. It's not. It might not be right for every customer. Um, what are your thoughts in terms of you know, is it difficult to get people to sign up for premium loyalty program? And maybe a second part of that is what are you seeing brands doing that are effective in driving registration into premium loyalty? Okay. 
Um, well, you know, fortunately, as I just mentioned, consumers like to pay for what they want um, and, and they're willing to pay for a better experience. And we see that across the board with, again, all the manner of pay loyalty programs, subscription services, home deliveries, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but we did a, a consumer data study uh, with Walker Sands as the Walker Sands Claris Consumer Data Study in 2020 that uh, in which the respondents, 70% of respondents um, said um, that they were willing to join a brand's program if they only offered a, a program. So if their favorite retailer offered uh, a program, they would be willing to join. And 67% um, who are in a free program that a brand has says they're willing to pay for a, 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 for a premium program if that brand offer the program that has, you know, the right amount of value and benefits. So consumers are willing. Now, how do you get them? How do you, how do you attract them? Uh, well, there's, you know, that's something we have been testing, modifying, optimizing um, for the past 20 years. Uh, it's, it's um, you know, it's not always easy, uh, but it's, what we see is anywhere between five to eight percent of consumers will, you know, based on impressions and everything, will, will opt into a program. Uh, what 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 gets them is two things. There's, well, I guess there's three things. So the first is, hopefully, I remember them all now. I keep numbers. <laughs> but, so the, <laughs> the first is um, is the initial offer, right? What's the offer? And usually, if someone has paid shipping for something. Uh, if it's online, um, then if you give them a rebate or give them a refund on their shipping, then boom, what, now you've got their attention. Two, if you give them an, an offer just to for their next transaction back with that brand, now you've really got them intrigued. And then if you say, for all future purchases, you're going to get X, an immediate benefit uh, to uh, to being a member of this program, like 10% uh, back, uh, cash back in a sense that you can use for a yeah, future purchase at the brand. Now, now that that now they have a decision to make. Do they think they'll shop enough to make that worthwhile, or do they, um, or is it not uh, appealing, or at least not appealing at this time, right? So those are kind of the there's there's a there's a combination of factors uh, that late that clearly has that has to clearly lay out the benefits and the value to consumers in order to get them to consider it and then of course to get them to to take action are, are you um seeing that your clients presenting those offers is it happening on in the checkout page you know if they're browsing it or is it happening potentially on the product pages where are customers getting these offers and where do you recommend you know does do you wait until they get to the checkout and to the cart page and they're ready to make that purchase like hey you know, you could get free shipping if you join our loyalty program. And then they're kind of doing the math in their head, like, oh, does this make sense for me? Where are you seeing retailers having success in kind of driving potential um, registrants for their premium loyalty programs? Yeah, um, well, there's multiple ways and there's multiple touch points that could be had that, that can be uh, engaged, I should say, uh, to to get to the consumer. Uh, one, the whole in-cart thing. So to, to do it in cart, um, which we do, we do multiple different ways, but doing it in cart, there's there's considerations in terms of 
Yeah, it is easier for the consumer just to kind of add it or click a box or add it, you know, kind of goes in as a skew. And therefore it's added to the transaction, uh, which may take the transaction higher than the consumer might be wanting to spend at that particular time. Yeah. It may interfere with the actual product or service sale of the brand. You know, there's, there's things to consider there. So um, some brands look at it as a convenience. Others may look at it as a kind of a hindrance or a roadblock to them completing a transaction. And no one wants to slow up the speed of transaction, right? Or interfere with that process. So the vast majority of our clients do it um, post-transaction or, or on like the order confirmation page where the offer's then made, uh, where a member can, or a customer rather at that point can determine if they want to become a program member, here's the offer, here's the opportunity to get cash back or, or get, um, get your shipping refunded. Or if you didn't pay shipping, because a lot of brands offer free shipping for someone who purchases, you know, $100 or more or whatever the offer might be. Um, then here's the, an offer for you now to, uh, for your next purchase uh, back with the brand. Uh, you can do that plus get free shipping ongoing, regardless of promotion, plus get you know, free returns plus get, um, you know, um, 10% back on purchases plus get, you know, 5% or 10% back when you purchase through any of a thousand retail brands that are in the marketplace, including the big boys like Walmart, Target, Home Depot, and, and the like. So when you bundle all that together, again, going back to the original thing I talked about, it's, that's what makes a, or at least gets a con, uh, consumer to consider whether or not it's it's the right thing to do. So where you talk to them is, is important. I mean, it can happen on the phone. Uh, we do in store. Um, so, you know, but again, the goal is to educate, to make it an easy uh, experience, to remove as much friction as possible for the enrollment process and to not interfere with or slow the, the speed of, of the transaction because the brand, you know, in, is you know in, in business to to make a sale and not to you know to let those opportunities slip by yep and then kind of i, I want to address the you know kind of the other side of the coin uh, carlos in terms of okay once you have that customer in the fold they become a pro premium loyalty program member mm -hmm. uh, then the goal is then turns from acquisition into okay how do we keep this customer in the program Talk a little bit about the need for retailers to constantly be evaluating, refreshing, optimizing their premium loyalty programs in order to keep giving those customers value so that they continue within the program and that there's not this huge rate of attrition. Yeah, that, you know, that, that's a good point. You summed it up, really. It's, you know, and it's not even just about premium loyalty program. Again, I'm a loyalty marketer. I just I specialize in premium loyalty, but I, I'm all about loyalty strategy you know, activation, you know, first acquisition and then activation because you've got to get them active because what we find is that uh, traditionally, you know, half the people, if not 60% of them who join a program don't really do much after joining the program, you know? So it's like, uh, well, wait a minute, why did you join if you're not going to do anything? So what, what research has also shown is that if you can get them active and, and, and doing, exhibiting some kind of um, some kind of program behavior um, in the first, you know, 60 to 90 days, you have a better chance of keeping them active. Uh, and then as you keep them active and get them doing more things, so not just making a transaction, but updating their profile within, 
the uh, within the program within the account within their account on the on the program website, so that you get more information about them, their household, and that's really important these days as we look at you know the whole cookie thing and do, Google doing away with with tracking and. So how are brands going to get information? You know, how are they going to get that zero party data? And that's, you know, a lot of it has to do with through their, through a loyalty program or or mechanism like a loyalty program in order to capture, you know, lifestyle information, household demographics, you know, uh, interests, you know, preferred brands, products, all those things that make marketers smarter about who their, who their customers are. So um, so getting them active, you know, getting them, uh, making referrals to family and friends, um, uh, consuming content, whether it be video or articles, providing product or service reviews, um, all those, you know, attending in, in-store events, online events, all those are things that we, uh, try to engage. All those are engaging kinds of activities that are beneficial to the brand that are, rewarding and beneficial to the consumer that then deepens the relationship between the two. Yeah. And that to your point around that, that constant collection of data as well, consumers, you know, there's so much competition out there. They expect that personalized experience. And without that information, without that customer uh, view, you know, the view of the customer, which you're, you know, with that data, you're able to collect from a loyalty program. It makes it that much more challenging. Yeah, there's nothing more frustrating from a consumer's point of view than providing data, you know, letting a, a brand track them uh, as far as their transactions and other behaviors, uh, as far as, you know, uh, letting a brand identify them with every transaction with that brand so they know what products, what services, you know, they prefer, and then to get a generic message. Yeah. <laughs> That is frustrating. I, I experienced that quite a bit. And <laughs> yep. I'm always evaluating it again. It's this is, you know, besides drinking bourbon and, and playing golf, this is about all I do. Yeah. Uh, it, it, is, um, it, is, it is frustrating for me as a consumer and as someone who knows that this brand has all this information on me, yet they send me a generic offer, you know, like they send, you know, that they're pushing a million out a day. And it's, it's just, it's annoying. Yeah. Well, I think you make a great point. Um, so I want to wrap here, Carlos, and just for our audience, uh, the retailers in our audience that want to learn a little bit more about premium loyalty, I think you've given them some really uh, sound advice and some great information today. How can they get in touch with you, learn more about Claris Commerce and all that the, that your business can offer them? Yeah, um, uh, the, the easiest way to get in touch with us is just, you know, we've said the word premium loyalty multiple times. So Premium loyalty at clariscommerce.com is, is a great way to just reach out. And, and one of our, you know, experts will be happy to, to engage in a conversation. No, you know, obviously no pressure just to talk a little bit more about what we do, how we do it, you know, just what the advantages are, you know, help you understand how to elevate a, a free program or add a premium tier on top. If you're looking to do that or just start with premium, a premium program, how to test it, pilot it. And, and, and as I mentioned before, you know, all the programs that we do for our clients, we don't require them to pay us a fee to do it. Um, so there, it's a way of doing it without having to, you know, bust budgets and whatever, but there's still a process by which, you know, you want to engage your organization. So that's one thing. Another thing is we, we have plenty of 
content that we publish uh, around premium loyalty, like the definitive guide to uh, premium loyalty. It's kind of like an ebook with how to do it, essentials, KPIs, all those things. But that's also important with, with premium or any other loyalty program. Trying, understanding what you're trying to accomplish and what success looks like as far as, you know, uh, metrics of success, you know, metrics or, or key performance indicators or whatever it is you're, you're, you're doing, you, you need to understand what you're trying to do and be able to measure against it. I mean, that's, that's in, in extremely important. Just again, another just piece of advice for you there. But anyway, we have plenty of other contents and I mentioned the 2020 premium loyalty data study. That's, you can just reach that on our site at clariscommerce.com, uh, as well as we talked to 300 uh, marketers earlier this year, just to understand what is on the mind of marketers and what they're thinking about in terms of customer loyalty, engage and customer loyalty and engagement, and what um, you know, even if they're thinking about premium loyalty. So that's a that's our 2021 marketer uh, data study. Um, that is also on our website that that marketers who are even considering loyalty at all might want to look at. It's just as a resource. That's yeah. All. Yeah. To your point, there's some really great content there so that retailers can help educate them themselves on some of this uh, important uh, information about about loyalty and specifically our conversation today um, about premium loyalty. With that in mind, Claris has recently uh, produced a premium loyalty starter bundle, which includes the data study that you've referenced, as well as more great content packaged together. Our listeners can get this um, resource by going to clariscommerce.com backslash total retail. So I want to take the opportunity uh, to thank Carlos Dunlap-Beard, again, the Vice President of Business Development and Loyalty Solutions at Claris Commerce. So thanks for joining me, Carlos. Been my pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcast for show notes. Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.